SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood uh, for another show, the last of a few before basketball is back. Which, again, Jacob, I know it, it's sounded crazy every week we've, see, we've said it, but it sounds even more crazy now. Uh, not just because cases of the coronavirus are rising in the United States and the MLS's back tournament has had two teams drop already because of. Uh, you know, their teams have tested positive, but just be- also because it's been a very long time since basketball has been played. And the fact that the same season that we left off at is going to be resumed like four and a half months from the day a- a- the game was last played. I- it's just nutty. I don't know if I mentioned it. I may have mentioned on this podcast. I mean, it still bears worth repeating. Somebody was talking about the late, it might have been Zach Lowe's podcast or something, where they were talking about the Lakers season recently, and they mentioned the whole China incident during the preseason. That feels like five years ago. Yeah. And that is this same season. Um, it's really, really, really weird. Like, it's going to be weird no matter how the season plays out. I don't really want to use – I know everybody's talked about an asterisk for the title. I mean, every title should have could have an asterisk if you really want to argue about it and everything. Everything always breaks certain ways for the champions. You need luck. Um, this is just going to be a really, really odd year. Um, or I, An odd season to look back on, an odd – I don't even know what we're going to end up calling this, I guess, restart. This little compact, condensed four months that teams are going to be playing um, or however long it's going to be. Time has become just a construct to me during quarantine. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited. I just looked when you mentioned it. Three week, we re- We're recording this on Thursday evening. Three weeks from today – the Lakers will play an NBA game, um, which, again, I know I know we've said this, but there were many times where I thought this season was done and dusted, and there will probably be times between now and <laughs> yeah, July 30th that, <laughs> that I will feel like this season will be done and dusted. But for now, it's amazing to think how close we are. Well, the Lakers are in Orlando already, but before they even left to Orlando, it seems as though Rajon Rondo hopped on the Google machine uh, to see the type of room he'd be staying in. And he compared it to a Motel 6. And Jacob, I'm not sure if you've been to a Motel 6. I have. Not proud to say I have. Um, But that does not look like a Motel 6 or at least any Motel 6 I've been to. Uh, I don't know if your experiences are any different. I uh, actually just this past weekend stayed at a hotel. It was not a Hotel 6 or Motel 6. It was even a Holiday Inn, and it was not as nice as the room <laughs> that Rondo tweeted. Um, yeah, I don't. I also don't know what he – I mean, unless somebody sent him a picture of that room, like he was – I don't know. He just looked up where they were going to stay or something. But um, 
listen, there are worse places to be quarantined for however many or not even quarantined, but just live in for however many months um, that the Lakers end up staying there. So I don't know that they, uh, Terrence Ross had a video as well, kind of showing the players lounge for, um, for what, or the players lounge that they have set up with like playstations and ping pong. And I can't even remember all of the, uh, all the things that they have um, set up in there. So, I mean, obviously it's going to be really hard to be away from your family for however many weeks it ends up being, but these guys have a very comfortable um, kind of living situation. I did not feel any pity when Rondo tweeted that picture. (laughs) It was very strange to see him really – I don't, I don't want to say complain because obviously he's going to be away from his family for a little bit. But, I mean, if you look at their situation compared to what the Dem- the WNBA players have had to deal with, yes. like I, it just came off as uh, just a little tone deaf. Uh, but I agree. I think they're in a, a pretty decent situation. Uh, I don't envy the food that they've been given thus far, but from what I understand, the menu will change Uh as they get tested and uh, are able to walk around the campus a little bit. As somebody who is a Disney Disneyland annual pass holder, at least in theory, haven't been since uh, it's closed down and I don't plan on going uh, this year. But uh, D- Disneyland food just isn't very good. So I hope they don't have to eat like Disney World Resort food. Doesn't sound like they will. I can't imagine LeBron James is going to be eating no. Disney World Resort food. What I can't remember who tweeted the initial. Oh, Troy Daniels, I think, um, tweeted the initial picture. Whatever Troy Daniels was eating is not what <laughs> LeBron James is going to be eating. Um, but I mean, also from what I kind of pieced together is like the players picked the meals that they received during that period. So like, I mean, that doesn't make it necessarily any better, but it's like, I don't know how much you can complain when you got to pick. And I don't even think Troy Daniels was complaining. I know Montrez Harrell today was complaining, (laughs) Um, but I don't know. Again, it, it it all kind of comes off a little tone deaf when, these guys are making as much money as they are, and I'm sure the staff that is putting together their food yeah. is not. But I will say Montrez Harrell's meal looked not great. Maybe it was <laughs> – we were discussing this in the Slack. Maybe it was the oil. If you guys haven't seen the picture, it's like a – I assume a piece of chicken in like a takeaway <laughs> box. The fact that you say I assume a piece of yeah. chicken – <laughs> Which isn't yeah, a strong start. yeah, isn't a strong start. So, it's in like a takeaway box with just kind of oil all over the bottom of it. It didn't look great. Um, I will give him that. But that being said, still probably is much better than what many other people are eating. So, um, I don't know. A lot of this kind of complaining in in the bubble from the NBA players, especially as you mentioned. If you guys haven't seen the the video of the WNBA's, I, I think it was like a laundry room or something. I'm not even sure what it was. Yeah. The room they showed. Compare what the WNBA players have versus what the NBA players were kind of complaining about. And it all 
seems, like we said, a little tone deaf. Jacob, I'm going to guess that the players going to Orlando aren't going to be doing their own laundry to begin with. <laughs> so, it's, Actually, uh, I don't know. I know some... I don't think they'll be washing their jersey. I was trying to think. I think the soccer players in Germany in the Bundesliga had to wash their own jerseys, at least at the start. Um, I'm pretty sure. But they also started back in, like, early May, I think. They started a long time ago. But I think that they did have to do their own laundry. But, yeah, I don't think the NBA players will be. What are the odds a FIFA Pro Club is started in the Orlando bubble? Oh, that'd be interesting. It's been weird to see how many – well, not weird, just, I guess, surprising maybe how many players have brought, like, their computers to streams. Yeah, like Myers Leonard, I know, had a big one. And uh, I saw a picture of Devin Booker, like, carrying his gaming monitor. and DeAndre Ayton. I saw Josh Hart. Yeah, obviously Josh Hart. Um, A lot of guys – I think Josh Hart was wearing a Turtle Beach – t-shirt when he got <laughs> off like that man is a certified gamer i listen i can't blame him because all i've done during quarantine is play video games so that's exactly what i would be doing in that bubble but hopefully it does lead to a really uh or a big pro clubs fifa pro clubs team of just nba players or like i'm here for all the content of them playing uh video games together i know I want to say like Rudy Gobert and like Jordan Clarkson were playing together the other day. And like, I don't know, there's just all types of people. We're going to find out about all types of people playing video games. I think. How would our club do you think? Uh, Not great. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, we struggle a bit. Um, We are mailing, mailing it in at the end of FIFA 20 and uh, setting our sights on FIFA 21, where we will be making, a uh, much stronger comeback. We're like Manchester City right now. They've just kind of mailed it in. We're mailing it in, and uh, we'll be back next season to try again. (laughs) Uh, Well, as we mentioned, in three weeks, the Lakers will be playing a game of NBA basketball and with new players that we have not seen in a Lakers uniform this season. Uh, Chief among them, Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith. And I, and obviously not Avery Bradley, which just Avery Bradley not being there, there's going to be different lineups because Avery Bradley averaged, I think, close to 30 points or 30 minutes per game, if not over 30 minutes per game. Um, so that's our, it's 24.2 minutes per game. Not a little bit of minutes to make up. So we've already talked about how, we expect to see Vogel kind of fill that playing time, uh, especially with the guards they just added. Don't know if one will play more than the other or if either will play at all. Uh, but going with the assumption that everybody can play, is capable of providing meaningful minutes on some level, uh, we thought it would be a good idea today to talk about the lineups we'd like to see when the season returns. And I want to start that off by going through the lineups that have played a ton of minutes together this season. Uh, And at the very top of the list is obviously the team's usual starting lineup of Avery Bradley, Anthony Davis, Danny Green, LeBron James, and JaVale McGee. 
I'm sorry if I read that weirdly in terms of positions. I'm reading off of basketball basketball reference, and that's how they have it set up. Uh, and they played a total of 388 minutes and 51 seconds together, have posted a 12.2 net rating in that time. Uh, pretty good. And then right behind them is uh, the lineup of Contavious Caldwell Pope, Anthony Davis, Danny Green, LeBron James, and JaVale McGee, which Jacob, I think, is the lineup or the starting lineup, at least, we'll probably see going forward. It's weird how I do agree. I assume KCP will step in. I think. I can't remember all the game, all the games during Avery Bradley being out, but I think KCP was the one who stepped into the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. So I would imagine there really is no like for like uh, player for Bradley, but KCP has played with that starting group about as much as anyone and kind of slots in as seamlessly as possible into that lineup. And the so. The, there are going to be a few places we're going to look at lineup data through, uh, at least that I have pulled up. I don't know if you're looking at different places, uh, but I will be using stats.mba.com, basketball reference, and cleaning the glass. Um, cleaning, cleaning the glass I like a bunch because they weed out any garbage time minutes. So I think it's a more accurate reflection of of what minutes are being played in, in each lineups. And they don't do when it comes to lineups, they don't do minutes, they do possessions, which I really like. Uh, and according to basketball reference, the starting lineup that they've rolled out or sorry, according to cleaning the glass, they've uh, the usual starting lineup has posted a point differential of 12 plus 12.7. Um, the lineup with Contavious Caldwell Pope in for Avery Bradley has posted a net rating of 2.3, which is a pretty stark difference. And I think, that goes back to something we talked about a little bit two weeks ago, uh, which is Contavious Caldwell Pope just not being as good as Avery Bradley has been on defense this season. Um, and I'm a little curious to see if there is going to be a trade-off a bit in terms of Contavious Caldwell Pope's defensive production's offensive production. Because I think KCP's had the luxury of not playing defense as consistently as usual because Avery Bradley has been in the starting lineup. I don't know if the same will be true now, unless Alex Russo plays like 10 minutes per game, 10, 10 minutes more per game. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, really I'm surprised at how good um, Avery Bradley has been this year that, that we're talking to, uh, to, to this degree about how much we'll miss him. Um so kudos to him because I know a lot of us were very, very skeptical um, coming into the season. But, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, there really isn't anyone that can do – anyone on the team that can do what Avery Bradley does. Um, I mean, Alex Caruso is probably the closest, but he has a lot of limits offensively as well. We kind of saw during that. Clippers game, I think, of what teams will do to him in the playoffs and just dare him to score, basically. Um, so there's just going to be natural trade-off in general. If you put KCP in over – or if you put KCP in, uh, you're going to get a lot more shooting. Um, and like with every lineup, the defense is going to go down a bit. Um, with Caruso, you're going to get some more playmaking – the defense doesn't drop off quite as much, but the spacing probably does. But also, I mean, we've seen as well, there may not be anyone as good as playing off the ball to LeBron 
at least among the guards, than Caruso is. Um, he's really good at cutting to the rim um, or finding those little pockets and um, or just setting screens off the ball. Um, I think he's probably one of the best on the team um, playing with LeBron and naturally AD as well. So, um, But then again, I don't know um, how much he has really played with that starting lineup either. Um, so I was going to try to look it up on the fly. He may not have played at all with him at all, honestly. Yeah, um, I, I don't think he, he has. I know he's played quite a bit with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I expect that to continue. It hasn't been a whole bunch of minutes. um, But there, I think, is untapped potential there just because of the type of player Caruso is. um, So he's played with that starting lineup 10 minutes this year. Yeah. So basically, basically no minutes. But he has played with LeBron in eighty two hundred and twenty nine minutes, uh, which, it, relative to the season, is a pretty small sample size, I'd say. Uh, but in that time, he's played with LeBron in AD. That three man lineup, according to NBA dot com, has posted a net rating of nineteen point four uh, and a defensive rating of ninety two point seven. That is the Lakers allowing ninety two point seven points per one hundred possessions with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Alex Crusoe on the floor. Jacob, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, like, advanced stat is really, <laughs> really good for uh, Caruso. I was looking, of, like, three-man lineups with LeBron and AD, the only one with a better net rating is actually Quinn Cook, but that's in only 25 minutes. Right. <laughs> um, Kuzma actually has a really good net rating with him. Avery Bradley had a pretty good one, but yeah, all the advanced stats love Caruso. And I mean, it's really cliche to say, but a lot of the stuff he does, it doesn't really show up in the box score. Like you kind of have to watch Caruso to see some of the stuff um, that he does. Some of those ball, some of those screens away from the ball. Um, Maybe it's a defensive rotation, stuff like that. Um, But it, it always seems, I mean, I know Lakers Twitter has, has pointed it out all year, but anytime that the Lakers go on a spark, a lot of time, or get a spark to go on a run, excuse me, a lot of times it's because Caruso entered the game. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's made an impact off the bench. It'd be interesting to see if he could keep that in the starting lineup if um, Frank Vogel starts him over KCP. I think. Honestly, I think that's another reason they might start KCP because right. Caruso kind of adds that spark off the bench. Um, but, I mean, also with the fact, like we said, they've only really played 10 minutes together versus the much, 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 much larger sample size KCP has. Um, it'll be interesting to see, though, because, um, yeah, Avery Bradley's been a, a pretty big piece of what the Lakers have done. They actually, I think, were pretty decent, at least statistically, without him. But mm. that doesn't really change the fact that nobody on the team is going to kind of – I mean, he was just really good at just getting up and into the space of opposing point guards and just kind of bothering them all game. And um, nobody else can really do that. Caruso, like we said, is probably the only um, player close to that, and that's – 
just not really how he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a play style thing than an ability thing. So it'll be an adjustment period, but also, like we've said, the, it's kind of been a, a benefit. I mean, Frank Vogel has run a lot of different lineups out there um, throughout the season. Really, we, we've kind of complained at times that he hadn't really settled down on a a five-man lineup to close games. So I think in that regard, it actually might benefit the Lakers because they've had so many of these variations out there throughout the year. And our our friend Justin Russo kind of alluded to this in a conversation we had with him the other day uh, about the real loss not being so much Avery Bradley. It's about having the ability to play somebody in front of the reserve guys they have on the bench. Like losing Avery Bradley hurts starting lineup, but it hurts, hurts their depth more because in the event, Contavious called Pope or Alex Russo go down. Um, you know, you don't have as many guys to choose from. If, if Avery Bradley went down, he was on the roster. You could comfortably say, okay, well at least we can pull KCP off the bench. And even with the guard depth, the Lakers have, Dion Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith are question marks, I think it's fair to say. And Quinn Cook has been on the roster all season, but I think if you're playing Quinn Cook big minutes in a playoff game, unless you're the Golden State Warriors, like that's it's just not an ideal situation. Uh, and Frank Vogel even said as much in, in a conference call he did with reporters last week that it, it's not so much losing the ability to play Avery Bradley, it's the ability to play Avery Bradley and Contavious Caldwell Pope. Like mm-hmm. it really is. It just goes back to the depth. Um, and I think the Lakers have prepared themselves as, as much as they can in this situation. Uh, it's as we've said many times on the show, it is a really unprecedented time. Uh, so I, I don't know that there was any way they could have prepared for this. Uh, but to go back to your point about, Crusoe in the starting lineup. Jacob, I know they've only played 10 minutes together, but offhand, do you have their net rating in the 10 minutes they played together? Uh, I can look it up again real quick. It was no. really, really good. <laughs> I, well, I have it here. Uh, it is a plus 57.9 yeah. and a defensive rating of uh, 84.2 and an offensive rating of 104, uh, 142.1, which is just laughable. Like, it, and again, I, we want to preface all of this by saying it is a really, really small sample size. But at that point, if you look at those numbers, don't you scratch your head a little bit if you're Frank Vogel and go, huh, I wonder if there's something there. <laughs> Hopefully Frank Vogel has done what a lot of us have done during quarantine and just kind of peruse the stats pages of the Lakers on NBA stats um, and run across Alex Caruso's ratings with various uh players on the team because yeah i think you mentioned he's played 229 minutes with lebron and ad and has a 19.4 net rating um he's in pretty much any sort of lineup that you sort by best net rating um for the lakers more often than not is going to include um alex caruso so it's just one of those things that like just not a coincidence at this point um he's in too many of those lineups he's in too many of those um i sort so sorting by five man lineups with more than 20 minutes i mean he's in the first two yeah he's in the first two of them um 
and yeah, three of the top five, four of the top six. He's all over the place on these lineups, and they're all different kinds of lineups. One's with LeBron, Dwight, Rondo, Caruso, and Kuzma. Um, one's with Danny Green, Anthony Davis, KCP, Caruso, and Dwight. Um, so it's with all types of different players. It's just Caruso keeps producing. Um, so I guess in some regard, if you want to try to find a positive from Avery Bradley getting hurt, is it probably means a lot more minutes for Caruso. Mm-hmm. Um, because you mentioned, I can't remember exactly, 22, 24 minutes that Avery Bradley plays per game. I would say a good chunk of those are probably going to go to Caruso um, with maybe some – be interesting to see how he does the rest. Maybe Danny Green plays a little bit more. Maybe Kuzma plays on the wing a bit more. I, th- I think that might be a more interesting one is play Kuzma on the wing a bit more and maybe give some more minutes to Markeith Morris um, as either a four or a five or whatnot because Markeith Morris didn't play a ton before the season came to a stop or whatever, but I was pretty impressed by what he was able to do too. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop you there and, and have us take a break. Cause when we get back, that's what I wanted to talk about is um, lineups outside of the starting lineup, uh, bench unit combinations we want to see. And then finally the death lineup, the closing lineup, the Lakers will be using in Orlando. So that will be us after the break. So for, from what we've, talked about so far i think if we had to put money on two players getting the opportunity to start i think we've narrowed it down to alex crusoe and contavious caldwell pope with contavious caldwell pope being the favorite um outside of that i think is where things start to get interesting because you can guess what the starting lineup will look like what the rotation looks like beyond that uh, with Avery Bradley out of the rotation, it is where it gets interesting to me because to your point about Alex Caruso lineups, the lineup that has the best or that has played the most minutes together with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Alex Caruso in the lineup is a lineup with Danny Green and Avery Bradley. And in those 41 minutes, they posted a net rating of 20.1, which again, advanced stats just love Alex Caruso for some reason. Uh, it could be because he's a good basketball player. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a hot take. But um, once you take Avery Bradley out of that equation, it becomes a completely different, like, you, you have to start messing around with different lineups. And I think you're going to find that with with a lot of bench units because Avery Bradley typically wasn't one of the first players out of the starting lineup. Yeah, it's just going to be odd I don't know how much of a role J.R. Smith or Deion Waiters will have. Um, hopefully not a big one um, because I'm not – I mean, those guys were free agents at the point in the season that we were at for a reason. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like I mentioned, and I think they did it a little bit once uh, Morris came around. It'd be interesting to see if they just push Kuzma to the wing some more. Um, actually, the lineup Morris has played in the most so far uh, was Rondo, KCP, Kuzma, Morris, and AD. That lineup played 20 minutes and has a plus 8.6 net rating. Yeah. 
Um, so I'd be interested to see if they just try that instead of Kuzma as a four, maybe more as a three, um, and fill in some of those minutes that way. Because really, I mean, at this point, Kuzma feels like a guard and like a kind of a forwards body. Um, Kuzma would certainly have to knock down more shots than he has, but I mean, that's been a problem for most of the season. But um, I think that's one way they kind of do it because, like you mentioned, not having Avery Bradley hurts the guard depth. Um, because after, I mean, obviously you can just slide KCP in there, but after KCP and Caruso, it's kind of a big dip. I mean, not counting Danny Green. Um, it's kind of a big dip to the next one, whether it, whether you prefer one of Quinn Cook, J.R. Smith, or Dion Waiters, Kobe Wade. Um, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I would be interested in seeing some more minutes for Quinn Cook because he, I mean, when we're talking about kind of skill sets guys provide, he's probably just the best three-point shooter, maybe KCP. Him or KCP are probably just the best shooters. Yeah of that group of guards. Um, I mean, LeBron always does well with spacing. So um, it'd be interesting to see if they try something that's a hybrid of both those and they put Kuzma, Morris, Quinn Cook, and Danny Green or someone out there with LeBron and just really space the floor out. I don't know that – I don't know how much Morris and LeBron played together um, in the – actually, not at all um, – in the short time that Morris was on the team. It's actually interesting, but uh be interesting to see if they play with a lineup that has a lot more spacing like that. I think these first eight games are going to be a lot of kind of feeling out like that, especially I with agree. this yeah. with this Lakers team that I mean losing Avery Bradley is a, a big piece. Losing a starter is a big piece. So they're gonna have to have to figure out a way to replace his production because like this whole thing's this whole pod's been about, there isn't a like for like match. So I think there's going to be a lot of feeling out, um, a lot of different types of lineups that they're going to try, which has been Vogel's mo anyway this season. But um, they're really, I just, I think it's just going to be a lot of different lineups. I don't think there's going to be one answer to this to how to replace Bradley. And I think if you're to approach this like training camp battles, which every team has going into the season. I think the most interesting one to watch for me is that battle between Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith, and Quinn Cook. Because I think with Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Alex Caruso, you can make up a little bit of what you lost with Avery Bradley defensively. Offensively, neither of them are the shot creators uh, or shot makers that Avery Bradley was. I mean, I know nobody liked the amount of mid-range jump shots Avery Bradley took over the season. But to his credit, he created the space for himself to make them and made them at a pretty high clip as a result of that. And to your point about Quinn Cook, I agree. I think Quinn Cook is up there on the roster in terms of guys that can create their own shot out of the pick and roll. Doesn't play much defense, but can make shots. And I think J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters fall into that same category. The thing with Dion Waiters is he's a little taller than Quinn Cook, a little stronger, uh, and has shown more of a willingness to play defense. 
With J.R. Smith, you could have said the same thing, but it has been nearly two years since he's played a game of basketball. He is 34 years old, uh, and he's probably best utilized as a shooter than he is somebody that's going to have the ball in his hands and make shots. So I I agree. I'm really, really interested to see who wins that battle uh, because a three-guard lineup, or sorry, a four-guard lineup of Rondo, Cook, KCP, and Green is strong. But when you look... At shot creation and ball handling, I think Rondo's the best ball handler in that group. And I don't know about you, Jacob, but when Rondo handles the ball too long, it, the, from what I've watched this season, it just doesn't always end in the best possession. That is a much nicer way of saying it than I would. <laughs> the longer he dribbles, the worse the possession gets. Um, because, yeah, it it is frustrating to watch him dribble, 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 telling like Anthony Davis to post up and, uh, and then throwing a, a not great entry pass. And then at that point, there's like eight seconds on the shot clock and AD pretty much has to force things. Um, I mean, I was thinking it while you were, you were talking. We've talked all about how they're going to fill Avery Bradley's absence. As much as we want the things to happen that we've said, Rondo's going to factor into that a lot too. Um, He's going to – I mean, he's probably one of them that's going to see a boost in minutes. Um, I mean, everybody's been hyping playoff Rondo for two years now. That's all LeBron LeBron has talked about, playoff dough and whatever. So, um, I – I, the whole thing is just silly to me that he apparently just waits until the playoffs and is suddenly and he just... he hates it too. Like Rondo hates the playoff Rondo narrative. I think it was whenever he was with the Chicago Bulls, which was four years ago now. It was yeah, the year before like he was said, with the Pelicans. Times a construct. Yeah. I have no idea when it was. <laughs> but somebody asked him about playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo because before the playoffs started Rondo was just going on that silly run of TNT games. Yeah. Um, TNT Rondo is a real thing too. Right. (laughs) And he, he just loathes it. And, but I, I don't buy into it. If he did play better in the playoffs, I also wouldn't be surprised, Um, but I'm not expecting it. The interesting thing about Frank, especially compared to Luke Walton is that Frank's a good coach. That's number one. <laughs> number that is two, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> number two is Frank does not like doing hockey subs at all. Like that is just not oh, something yeah. we've seen. Uh, one of Anthony Davis or LeBron James is usually on the court. Uh, and if you're looking at lineups without LeBron James and obviously Avery Bradley, the lineup that's played the most minutes together is a lineup of Rondo, Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Anthony Davis. That lineup has posted a net rating of 5.4. Uh, and then right after that is a lineup of Alex Caruso, Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard. They played 31 minutes together, posted a net rating of 25.1. One of those lineups has Rondo in it, and it is the one... <laughs> That uh, that has a lesser net rating. Not a bad net rating, but it's not 25.1. I, I mean, we've spoke all season about how to best use Rondo, and it's just not – I mean, <laughs> Frank Vogel has exceeded my expectations. 
he certainly exceeded the Lakers' expectations. Right. He would have been their third choice. Um, he's cert- yeah, he's exceeded, I think, everyone's expectations, but just the insi- insistence on playing Rondo is frustrating. Easily the most frustrating thing about his, his tenure. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about how to best optimize him put shooters around them and a, a dive man for the pick and roll is the best, but I don't know. I mean, the Lakers can kind of do that now. I don't, maybe playing 80 at the five kind of opens things up a bit. Um, I mean, the best lineup with him and AD and it has 80 at the five. They played 71 minutes together and yeah, that 5.4 net rating. So, I mean, um, that's probably the best way to utilize them. On actually, the two, yeah, the two best lineups, or the two most used lineups with Rondo and AD, obviously both have AD at the five, and the second one um, played forty nine minutes together. It's Rondo. I mean, it does have Avery Bradley and KCP, but it has Kuzma and Davis. That lineup, like I said, forty nine minutes together and an eighteen net rating. Um, Maybe you just slot in Danny Green instead of Bradley. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Vogel kind of messes with these lineups now because that was kind of the other thing is that a lot of the – I mean, LeBron and AD's kind of rotation minutes aren't going to change. Their breaks are going to be basically the same. I think Danny Green was pretty much on a – kind of a set schedule as well. But the rest of the team just kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit um, based on who was playing well and who wasn't. So that's another question that they're going to have to figure out pretty quickly um, because I don't know how much you can really do that come playoff time. I I like the idea of being able to go to anyone um, based on who's playing well, but I don't – I don't know how much it'll work in the playoffs because I don't I don't know if I prefer just having a five man unit that I know is going to close the game every game versus having basically three guys with LeBron, AD, and Danny Green, and then the other two can be literally anyone. I, yeah. I don't know which one of those is better. But for for the sake of this podcast, um, bef- before we wrap things up here, I did want to get your thoughts on the two players you think will end up closing games alongside uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Danny Green, obviously. Um, I mean, I would if I had a choice, I would put Caruso in there. Mm-hmm. Um, for all the reasons we said, that other spot is going to be interesting. Um, maybe it. Yeah, because you could go small with the three guard lineup with KCP and LeBron at the four. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. KCP seems like the kind of the the two names I'm thinking are KCP or Markeith Morris. Yeah, um, I think Keith is going to be really big for this team. He has a, a toughness to him as well that'll be important in the postseason. Um, honestly, as well, it kind of depends on the team. Um, which is a bit of a bailout answer, but I would say there might be a different closing five versus the Nuggets than there would be against 
the Rockets. Everybody's five-man lineup against the Rockets is going to be weird, though. Um, but, yeah, if I, if I had to pick a five-man lineup I wanted to close the game, probably Caruso, Danny Green, probably KCP, LeBron, and AD, which is wild adding KCP to that list considering how he started the season and how, how rough of a start it was. But he's – there's a pretty decent argument that he could even be maybe the third best player on the team this year, um, him or Danny Green. He's been incredible this year. So if I had to pick right now, I think that would be my five-man lineup. I, I think Alex Crusoe is a great defender, and I think good things happen when he's on the floor. I think in order for him to be in the starting lineup, he'd have to knock his open three-pointers down at a higher rate because it's a make-or-miss league, the NBA, but it's especially that in the postseason on a LeBron James team. So for that reason, I think I'd start KCP at the one or I'd close with KCP at the one with Danny Green at the two, LeBron at the three, and then it really boils down to whoever's making – three-pointers at a higher clip, or playing the best between Marquise Morris and Kyle Kuzma. I don't think Kyle Kuzma deserves to be in the conversation based on how he's played this season because um, he just hasn't been good. But as we know, Kuzma, when he's feeling himself, can get hot in a hurry uh, and can has a, a bag of offensive tricks that he can just pull out whenever he wants to, to get to the basket. That is the most fun version of Kyle Kuzma and the most valuable in a closing lineup with Anthony Davis at the center position. But if you're going to go with the reliability and a, a body of work of somebody that can hit open three pointers, when there's a game on the line, you have to go Marquise Morris and a five out lineup like that with AD Marquise LeBron, KCP and Danny green, I think is a, a, a very good closing lineup. And Kuzma has closed some games as well this season, and he's looked good. I remember, I believe it was the Phoenix game, where he had a pretty big three down the stretch um, really early in the year when Phoenix looked like they were going to be a playoff team. Um, yeah, I mean, like the ideal version of Kuzma would be perfect in that closing lineup, but... I mean, the last time we saw an ideal version of Kuzma was in Summer League, it seems like, um, his rookie year. If he can play something like that uh, from his rookie Summer League, find that, whatever they did then, just apply that to this Orlando bubble. It's going to be kind of the same feel. Maybe he uh, (laughs) explodes and, yeah, I mean – I don't, it's gonna. He's gonna have to play really well for a, stri- a stretch of games for me to feel comfortable closing with him, though. But I mean, he's had his moments. I mean, especially defensively as well. That Boston game comes right. to mind. Um, the Houston game. So I wouldn't necessarily be against it, but he's gonna have to knock down shots, like you said. It's a make or miss league, um, and if he's missing threes. I just don't think he's a good enough defender to be able to stay on the court, even if he's been better than we expected. Even I'd say probably above average this season defensively. Um, But if he's able to make shots, he slots into that closing five for me, probably over one of KCP or Caruso. And 
that becomes a an even better closing five, I think, because Kuzma has a versatility and a kind of flexibility to him that uh, that makes him dangerous. I'm excited to watch basketball again. I'm excited for all of these lineups, and who knows? Th- this could be a conversation we have again before the playoffs start just because of either Kuzma playing well or you know, KCP falling down back to earth in terms of shooting and J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters picking up the slack. There are just so many things we don't know right now uh, because of how long it's been since the Lakers have played, how long it's been since Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith have played. Um, I I don't know, Uh, but it is very exciting. I'm fully ready to overreact to um, J.R. Smith hitting like three three three-pointers in the third quarter of a game that we win by 30 points and me trying to extrapolate that to why he'll be a contributor in the postseason. If if he... If I could put money on it, I'd probably bet that J.R. Smith goes for over 20 points in at least one game, even if it's a scrimmage over game. Over 20? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, maybe the scrimmage <laughs> games. I don't even – apparently the Le- LeBron has been having scrimmage games in L.A. throughout <laughs> all this. Um, in an actual game, I'd be surprised over 20. But Jamal Crawford's going to average over 30 points per game. With that net. Nets team is going to be hilariously fun. Like – Oh my! I want them to sign Nick Young. I want them to sign Isaiah Thomas. Just lean all the way into this, um, man. That team, them. I thought that they. I literally at, at one point. I don't. I think the Beasley news came out on Wednesday. Um, at one point, I looked at the schedule and thought, "Is it possible for them to not even make the playoffs at this point?" <laughs> looking at that team, which, uh, for those wondering. They have a six-game lead on the nine seed, so basically is impossible. But they could slip to a playing game spot. But having said that, the Wizards are going to be without John Wall, uh, Bradley Beal, Gary Payton, Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bertans. Yeah, the list goes on. <laughs> so they're they're in about as bad of a spot as the Nets are. The bottom of that Eastern Conference is going to be just atrocious. The Bucks and the Raptors are going to get. I assume the Raptors are going to be the two seed. They're just going to get a cakewalk into the uh, into the second round because out of those three, out of Brooklyn, Washington, and Orlando, Orlando is far and away the best team, and they're five games under five hundred. So. And they're probably as good as Indiana now. Like I understand Sabonis is an all star, but like without Oladipo, I mean I think they're they're neck and neck there. So basketball. Three weeks, you and me, Jacob, from here, not in Orlando, because <laughs> we don't, don't have it. Somebody mentioned, oh, who was it? Somebody uh, said, oh, it was a soccer podcast. It would end up costing, like, they're charging uh, riders, it's like over $100 per day. It'd be in the neighborhood of like fifty to $60,000 for us to spend the entire time in the bubble with the NBA. And I don't know about you, but I do not have that kind of money to spend on going to watch NBA game or cover NBA games. Yeah, no, I, I do not. Um, so, I mean, we'll be here. Couch coaches, as they like to uh, call us on Twitter sometimes, hurt our feelings. Uh, but it's just fine because... My I, couch I is know. pretty comfortable. You can yeah. call me whatever you want. <laughs> 
so that's our show for this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We enjoy doing this podcast and we hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, if you like listening to us, you can leave us a nice little review on podcast. Five stars if you think it's worth it. Uh, and we'll talk to you again next week.